0: I want to ask you about what you and your teams are actually doing to make travel tech more accessible.
1: (laughs) Oh, and there it goes.
2: Miriam just got an Amazon package, everyone.
0: (laughs)
1: He's had a long day. I
0: had a plumber here for three hours. I have no wall downstairs.
1: Welcome to Connections with BCD Travel, an ongoing conversation about the modern-day travel program the impact of technology, and how travel buyers can take control and drive change. What are we waiting for? Let's start connecting.
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome back
0: to Connections. I am Chad Levin. And I'm Miriam Moskovic. We hope that you're enjoying the Connections with BCD Travel podcast. And if you are, we need your help. Go to the application you're using to listen to us and leave us a review. We're trying to get a few new reviews before 2023
2: is over. And that's not all. We also want to hear from all of our listeners. So if you go to bcdtravel.com slash podcast and scroll down a little bit, you will see a new comment and suggestion form. You can leave us your name and email if you want, but it's not necessary, but we want to hear your feedback. Tell us if you really liked a topic or an episode or a guest and suggest some new topics. I'm glad we've launched this forum,
0: Chad, and I'm looking forward to hearing the comments and suggestions. On today's show, we're talking about how diversity, equity, and inclusion weaves its way into travel and especially technology. So of course, our first guest had to be Yvette Bryant, BCD's SVP of DE&I. Welcome to the podcast, Yvette. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Hello, and uh, thanks for having me. So as you said, my name is Yvette Bryant, and I lead diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's a mouthful, so we're just going to say D-E-N-I, uh for BCD Travel. Uh, I am based in Atlanta, Georgia, and though I've been with the company about 18 years, I've really been focusing heavily on DEI for the last several years. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation today, uh, because for me, talking about accessibility is talking about inclusion. Um, and that's a really important topic. So thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, our next guest is returning for her second appearance on the podcast. It's Hannah Kahn, senior director, product marketing. Welcome back, Hannah. Uh, give us a little refresher for everyone listening.
4: Hi there. I'm glad to be part of the show today. Um, I'm also based in Atlanta, so neighbors with vet. Um, I'm part of the BCD product development team. My specific focus is user experience and been working in this um, digital accessibility arena for a little while with the goal of our solutions should be great experience for every traveler. So really excited to hear what everyone else is talking about and how we can amp this up at BCD.
0: Welcome back, Hannah. And finally, we're excited to have Yanelle Guillen from BCD's consulting arm, Edvito. Welcome, Yanelle. Tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Uh, I am based in Los Angeles, California. I am part of Edvito's traveler engagement team. I'm coming up on two years in December with the team, but I have almost... 20 years of marketing experience. I work closely with our clients to create effective communication strategies, and one of my main priorities is threading and or spotlighting DE&I in clients' travel and employee engagement programs. So thank you for inviting me.
2: So I think we should start the conversation with discussing what DE&I means to BCD Travel, and not just the company internally, but also to our clients, prospects, partners, suppliers. Yvette, why don't you take this one?
3: Yeah, well, you know, for me, this question always comes back to who do we say we are as an organization, Right. Um, and I think, you know, BCD is known in the market for being an, an incredible company with a great focus on our people, we're family owned and all of those things. But for me, it's all about our values. Uh, and to me, a focus on DEI is really about living our values every day. You know, it's one thing to have values on a poster board right, or on a break room that no one pays attention to. Um, it's about how do you bring those things to life. And so for me, I always say to people, you know, DEI and a focus on all things diversity, equity, and inclusion is really about living who we say we are every day. Um, so that's why it's important to BCD. We know that we need to care for our people um, in all of their dimensions, because then they will show up and do the best work not only for BCD, but for, for our customers. And that requires, you know, an intentionality. Um, where it matters for our customers is, is, is in many ways the same thing, right? I mean, customers have similar focuses, uh, within their own business and they want to do business with like-minded, uh, partners and like-minded suppliers. And so us having a, a focus on this for ourselves in internally, we can speak then, I think, with authenticity and credibility to our customers. Um, and, I, and I think that's, that's really important.
0: And Hannah, you just mentioned how you play a big part in the user experience for many of our technologies. So how has BCD's approach to DE&I steered you in planning for our technology?
4: Every product to be successful has to have a great user experience. Mm-hmm. And when we think about it, travel is important to career development. So our users are using our technology to better their own personal lives and their professional careers. So we need to make sure that they have access to the technology that we supply our clients. And it's really about, when you think about it, and Yvette was saying about how we care about the people, if you think about it, it's not just about registrants and downloads, it's about the people behind the profiles, and that's who we should be building technology for, the people.
2: You know, you actually work with programs on their digital accessibility journey and strategy. What do you hear travel managers talking about? Why is this important to them?
1: Well, first I want to clarify that it's not always travel managers that are really uh, keen on their digital accessibility journey. It's other points of contact like communications, branding, teams, HR, procurement, IT. I mean, just everybody really gets involved because it's really important to them. Um, Accessibility is a big part of their communication strategy, though. And so one analogy I like to think of is like a global travel program, right? Let's say you're only disseminating the information in English. Emails, OBT, the policy, it's all in one language. You're, it's unfair, right? You're doing a disservice to the travelers in the program. Digital accessibility is like another language, right? So you are cutting out all of these people that may have impairments where they rely on assistive technologies. You know, they require that alternative text to be able to see what that image is, or to um, you know, if they're colorblind, they translate the information for them. Just as again, going back to that global policy, you're cutting out people who speak Portuguese or Japanese. Same with accessible with uh, digital accessibility, you're cutting out a lot of people, a big part of the population uh, who may have severe disabilities.
0: Yvette, I think most people assume that an SVP of DE&I mostly deals in human resources-related issues, right, and topics affecting employees at BCD Travel. But you're now having conversations with folks like Hannah and her team about new releases and product launches, as well as client conversations, right?
3: Yeah, that's right. And I'll, I'll even confess a little secret, right? I mean, coming into this role, I thought, okay, this mm-hmm. is going to be internally focused. This is about <laughs> BCD getting our own house in order. Um, But what quickly became apparent to me is there's a great kind of, let's call it external need as well. Right. Uh, And I always like to talk about kind of that courageous community. Right. And BCD is one part of that community. And what I found coming in is customers or prospective customers would initially just want to know, Hey, BCD, what are you doing? Are you doing something right in this space? And I would say probably about a year, year and a half ago, we started seeing a very different shift to where customers wanted to know, well, how can you help us? <laughs> so of course, to your point, Miriam, the, the HR person in her basement, right? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? And for me, I really believe we all own this topic of diversity, That's right. equity and inclusion. And so I always like to say operationalizing DEI is really the key piece that needs to happen in any organization. And so, case in point, I'm on here today with my wonderful colleagues, right? Yanelle and Hannah. I may be the DEI person, but Hannah is the one developing products. And so it's important that I can come to her and say, hey Hannah, you know, what are you all doing in the accessibility space, right? How are we developing products? And that meet those needs of travelers with with a disability, with a requirement, and same for you now, right? What are you doing in your your practice to support customers? And so we really need to have kind of this thought around what could everybody be doing within their sphere. Right. Of expertise and influence to ensure that DEI and accessibility kind of threads, as as you now use that word. And I love that word threads throughout everything we do. So I don't have to own it all. In fact, I shouldn't. Right. It should be the product marketers, the planners, the communicators, the marketers. Everyone should be looking to see how they can bring DEI um, and accessibility um, specifically uh, to life in what they do every day.
0: Well, I mean, it's a way of life, right? It's not a project. That's right. Um, It's a way of life that we all have to live.
2: You know, I think sometimes folks don't even realize how little updates and changes in thinking patterns or methodology can make a really big impact uh, and make travel programs more accessible. What are you working on with travel managers to make their programs more accessible?
1: Well, because it is very time-consuming, we do have a couple of tiered levels, right? To make a program completely digitally accessible, it really depends on what the needs are. Our basic standards are the DE&I scope, right? Diverse imagery, translations, um, even even alternative text and making sure appropriate color contrast is in place. But as we dive deeper and we get to meet these clients and if we see that they have certain standards in place, like a WCAG compliance score that they like to abide by, um, that's where we then take it to a deeper level, right? It's not only adding alternative text. It's also making sure that whatever it is that's being created, a screen reader can pick it up. A screen magnification technology can pick up. Possibly their travelers might be using mouth wands, right? So we need to make sure that they will be able to utilize whatever it is that's being creative and communicating to them. And then we also have, I mean, there's so many resources on the WCAG website alone and it's free. So I encourage everybody, please visit that site. I mean, they're not paying me. I'm telling you, they're just (laughs) a really helpful resource.
2: That's a good pro tip.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, They even have this web extension that can, they're utilizing AI and AI is also a big topic of, of discussion, right? And travel and, They can assess the website and let you know in a very easy, kind of with a panel of how accessible or inaccessible it is. And you can make the changes right there on the fly, so long as you have access, right? But there are so many different tools, and resources available, and it just really depends on the needs of the client, to be quite honest.
0: So now that we know all of this, Hannah, I want to ask you about what you and your teams are actually doing to make travel tech more accessible. Do you have any examples?
4: Yeah, sure. I want to just... um... Kind of jump on something that you now said because I think it's really important before we get into the examples. Okay. But we found out um, Forrester actually did um, research and put out a pretty good report earlier this year that said um, over 60% of organizations now have executive led committees to understand accessible products. Wow. So we have to be upping our game, we have to make sure that we are doing all the things that our other clients that clients are doing, right? And so that we have to meet them where they are. That's right. So when we looked at this and started rethinking how we were developing products, it's not one and done. You don't become an accessible product. That's not really the way it works. You have to continuously bake this into your dev process. So we started our journey and the first thing, and it's similar to what, you know, was talking about, which is an AI powered widget. So we put that on TripSource, our traveler engagement platform. And, um, Basically, it corrects code while the user is using it. Defaults back, but it's a really cool way of making like your first attempt and understanding where your projects and your products actually sit. And so it supports motor impairment, blind users, dyslexia, text spacing, um, and it all corrects it. And then you can see what you need to do in the future. So we've been putting this on many different products to try and see how that actually works and what we can learn from it. Um, and with that, we're also working towards that WCAG certification and compliance. And basically what that is, um, for anybody who is not deeply embedded in it, is it's an international web legislation and standards organization um, because every country has sort of their own way of looking at things and doing it. So it's really great that the web has an international organization that looks at this. So right now, actually, we're working through um, audit and remediation to make sure that our um, our tools and the particularly trip source, because it is the traveler platform is available and, and gives the user what they need, regardless of what, you know, maybe it's a motor impairment. And so how to use tab properly for, for the tool. So there's a lot of things in progress right now. It's really an exciting time, but for us, we want to make sure that we up our game in our expertise and that, all our products are developed in the right way going forward, and it's not about remediation.
2: Bet while all of this is obviously great and very needed, would you agree that it will only become standard practice if we alter our approach long-term?
3: Yeah, I definitely agree. Listen, I, I'm really heartened by everything that Yanelle and Hannah are telling us, and, and yeah. as they say, we need to do these things, right? Uh but I would be remiss, right? The good DEI HR person in me. I'd be remiss if I didn't kind of round this back and 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 kind of just talk about the fact that it's really a culture shift um, that 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 we're talking about here, and frankly, that I hope to see across our entire industry. Um, because oftentimes when people hear the word accessibility, they can very kind of quickly go to to kind of the, the, the item to fix, right? The product. Yes, we need that. The the alt text and the screen reader and all of this sort of stuff. And And by all means, yes, we need to be considering those things, but it can't happen in a vacuum. And what I mean by that is if we don't also encourage the cultural mind shift within our organizations that remind people we do these things. And I think it was you Hannah that said it in the beginning, we do these things because of the people. It's really about inclusion, right? There's nothing worse than living in a world that was not designed for you. Mm, Powerful statement. Um, And so for, for us, this focus is about how do we ensure that we are fostering and growing inclusion for everybody, right? For everybody. So again, for me, I like to talk about disability inclusion, <laughs> not just accessibility, because it also goes to things like, I, you know, I remember, um, you know, being asked to look at um, different texts and drafts and things. And oftentimes, and I'm guilty of this as well, you know, we, we'd say, well, you know, those people with those disability issues um, or challenges. Well, no, it's not a disability issue. They have a need. <laughs> they have a requirement. And so even that small shift in how we think about things, it, this is not an issue, right, <laughs> because that makes it kind of the, the person's issue versus saying, no, 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 this is a requirement. This is a need. And we all need to step up and figure out how do we meet this need and how do we solve this need um, going forward.
0: Yvette, one last question for you. DEI and accessibility means something different to different regions of the world and even different countries. Any advice to global travel managers on making sure that their entire program is taken care of?
3: We need to think about this in terms of uh, not the one-off accommodation, right? Um, but if we, I like to say, if we if we plan, <laughs> design, and build with accessibility in mind, then everybody wins. And and we don't create this environment where the person with the need has to be the one constantly raising their hand to ask for something because we've had the forethought in our planning and our thinking to make it you know, less friction for that individual. And to Hannah's point... Not everyone is going to want to have to disclose something for the gazillion time, right? So let's build and plan and design with accessibility in mind from the jump. In terms of kind of regional market differences, and we see this really with all forms, right? All focus areas within DEI, what's important in one market, maybe very, you know, not as important in another um, particularly in the topic of accessibility, m- many markets around the world have various laws, right, that already govern, let's call them minimum standards, <laughs> right, for how employers should be behaving. Um, and so we need to be mindful of that work. Global travel managers should certainly be working with their HR people who would understand kind of the local laws on the ground. But I'd like to encourage us to even think beyond that, right? Think beyond just kind of minimum standards compliance, and think about how do we ensure that everyone working for our organizations, no matter where they are in the world, feel valued, right? This is this is about respect and value for the individual as well. And so, yes, do what you need to do from the compliance perspective. Be sure you, you, you understand that. But think holistically around how do I care for for these people who, frankly, are giving so much of themselves to us um as an organization as well. And the you know, the other thing I would say about that um in terms of how do we make the shift is I think it's really important. There's this mantra that I heard and I love it because I think it's so important. Nothing about us without us. <laughs> um, we need to be talking to the individuals with that lived experience so that we truly understand from them <laughs> what's most important. Uh, and don't just go off and try to solve in a vacuum. So I think it's also important that global travel managers are speaking and hearing the voices of their travelers uh, who may have an accessibility need as well.
2: You know, we have to close the segment out asking you what tips you have for our listeners, travel managers, on best practices to make sure that their entire program is on the right journey to being digitally accessible.
1: So I think it's as vet said, you know, first and foremost, it's a cultural mindset shift. Um, And then going to what Hannah said, because we're trying to make travel easier for everyone, right? So I think that the first step would probably be to look at the travel policy. Does it speak for all of their travelers? They are having conversations on the daily with their travelers. You know, they know what's going on. So they should try to figure out, does the travel policy speak to them? And then in terms of digital accessibility specifically... Uh, font type, anything under a 12 point font is not going to get picked up. Um, sans serif font, try to stick to like Arial, Helvetica, Roboto, those type of fonts. Nothing with flourish, like Times New Roman, lots of times as screen readers, it's difficult for them to pick it up. And even people who just have, um, impairments with viewing, it's difficult for them to see that flourish, right? I know I've mentioned it again, I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, alternative text for images, and it's not only images, like actual pictures, photography, it's the bullet points, it's decorative uh, things that are included in your documents that the screen reader picks up and a person who may not be able to see it will not get to understand what that is. Maybe having things in multiple formats, like video, print, and audio, Correct color contrast is also a huge deal. And the last thing I'd say is probably captions on videos. Make sure you have closed captions that people can turn on and off easily.
2: Okay, everyone, let's get to know you all a little bit better in our Quick Connect segment. Don't worry, this is just for fun. Uh, Quick question, quick answer, gut reactions. If you could have an extra hour of free time every day, how would you use it?
1: Exercise.
2: Oh, like a rowing boo. machine. Come on. I know.
1: I'm sorry. Is that? A, I would work Boring. out.
2: Boring.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. I'm, I'm going in the exact opposite direction. I'm napping. I'm taking a nap. Oh, thank <laughs> you. <Solid. Yeah. laughs> it's a respectful, respectable
2: answer. Respectful, yes.
0: I would spend it reading out in my backyard. Among oh, my squirrels okay. and my birds, <laughs> like a crazy lady. Yeah,
4: I have a nature portal. I'd spend my time there. What's that? It's like <laughs> special. You'll have areas. to tune in
0: to the next. Yeah, podcast. that's a whole other
4: conversation.
0: <laughs> so, a nature portal is a place you designate outside. That is where you go sit and have peace, and you make it pretty, and it's in nature. You make a little nature portal. You are a little portal to nature
2: love it i would spend my extra hour eating nothing but pasta just uh, for a solid hour just pasta pasta pasta
0: pay-per-view sounds
2: like a (laughs) pay-per-view event yeah (laughs) um okay last question uh hannah we asked you this last time uh so we'll ask yvette and you this one when you travel for work window or aisle seat
3: oh uh all the way Huh. always
2: strong reaction why
3: yeah i easy, easy access to to get up get to the restroom and i i don't want anybody you know yeah i don't want to have to step over anybody
0: <laughs> i want to i want to go a little deeper on that so other than the restroom where else are you going yeah like where do you need to go we've been trying to get to the bottom of this with every guest for an every entire podcast. season
3: I don't know. First, first, to, the,
0: first to the overhead bin. I don't know. Like up to it's, the curtain, have a peek in first, go the back, <laughs> say hi to the flight attendants. What's going right. on? Everyone needs what to snaps get up. What snacks you all have? Yeah, I, need, you I need, need easy access. <laughs> <laughs> to what?
4: I'm a, win- I'm a window girl. I don't get up. I sit quietly.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Same. That chat same. is the same way. And what yeah. about you, you oh, know? God,
1: I need out. I need out. I get claustrophobic. Out? Where? I need a distance. I just need what? to like... Out of you my seat, get me out of the seatbelt. <laughs>
2: Less I can't. than a meter of available space to get <laughs> out to. What does that do for you? <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us. Um, all jokes aside, we know how important this topic is and how, you know, personally for me, I feel like it's hyper important. So I want to say thanks to all three of you for coming on to show and discuss accessibility with us
0: yeah thanks for coming all three of you ladies and i think we reached a new record with three guests on this episode Uh, so thanks for coming i think the topic is really important glad we took the time to discuss it
2: if you're a travel buyer frequent business traveler or just someone who likes hearing about diversity equity and inclusion and digital accessibility download and review the connections with bcd travel podcast to stay up to date with new releases and listen to your favorite episodes
1: Thank you for connecting with us. BCD Travel helps companies travel smart and achieve more. We drive program adoption, cost savings, and talent retention through digital experiences that simplify business travel. Learn more about the topics you heard on this episode by visiting bcdtravel.com podcast.